Hello, this is Lawrence Lewis. And this is Sister Christian. Today is Wednesday, April 22nd, 2020. This is the Producers Happy Hour, a daily podcast with two producers on opposite coasts reaching out to our filmmaking and live event community to hear your stories about how the pandemic has affected you, your life, and your work. Your stories let us know that we're not alone. It's important for us to keep sharing our experiences, our ideas. It helps me. It helps Lawrence. I know it helps you. So we want to hear them. Yes. Email us or better yet, record a one to two minute voice memo and send it to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Just follow the instructions on our website, producershappyhour.com. And please share this show with friends, colleagues, family. Second cousins. All of them. Crazy Uncle Earl. (laughs) Uh, We want these stories to be heard. And we're finding that they, just about everybody can relate to this because we're all in this together. Exactly. Christian, today I'm excited because we're chatting with Ari Kushner, who is the founder and managing partner of Missing Pieces. Ah, yes. Very big production company. And the day we did this interview, full disclosure, we record the interviews maybe a day before. So the day we recorded this interview, it was just announced that they had made the Ad Age 2020 A-List and Creativity Awards in the top 10, which is very exciting. Uh, very exciting. You know, I've worked for them. You've worked for them. They do a lot of impressive work in both traditional commercial films, but, you know, really ambitious stuff when it comes to new experiential. Creative technology. Yeah. They're doing some really innovative things over yes. there at Missing Pieces. All right. Hi, Lawrence. How are you today? I I know how I'm feeling. (laughs) How are you feeling? No, no, please. Like how we should do you first because. It's funny because (laughs) yesterday we were all so chipper and so good. (laughs) Mm, This roller coaster we're on. (laughs) I feel like I feel like that maybe that's changed. I I saw somebody post something yesterday and just said rage exhaustion. Yeah. And I think that's it. Yeah. Yeah. How about you? I'm tired. I definitely had some meltdowns this morning. We've been navigating this, trying to get some sort of relief for our small businesses and ourselves for weeks now, right? Yeah. And so more money was passed yesterday and, or I think, I mean, it's about to be signed in, right? So today Uh I started to get my ducks in a row trying to figure out, you know, I have an application number. I have no idea how to check it, the status of it, anything like that. There's no way to reach out to anybody. Mm-hmm. All websites are a circular situation. Yeah. Uh, same with my bank, Citibank. They're no good to me. <sighs> you know, I reached out to my accountant and he said he can't do anything to help me until I hear back about a status. Oh. Right. I got an email from Chase about mm-hmm. referring to a P- the PPE, which I never applied for. I applied for the EIDL, but I guess right. if you apply for one, you apply for them all, is what we're finding out and talking to people. Right? Yes. You're in the system. Yeah. And I have Citibank and nothing. And I go nothing. on their website to try to find something. I go to chat with them, you know, anything. And I'm just I'm getting nothing. So in yeah. all of the branches, but one are closed now right. in my area. Right. So, I mean, the next thing I could do is go to the branch, but again, until it's signed into Bill, I don't, so I don't know where I am in the queue, right? Yeah. I'm going to suggest something mm -hmm. to try Mm -hmm. if you have the wherewithal. The mental capacity. Mental Mm -hmm. capacity to try another one. Cabbage.com. Okay. K-A-B-B-A-G-E.com. They are an easy peasy business loan kind of company that I've used in the past to help fund the immersive projects Mm -hmm. that I do. They sent me an email because I'm on their list. So they've suspended that program 
they've pivoted just to facilitate the PPP loans, the disaster loans. So I checked out the website. They still have the form up. You can still apply. Yeah, I'm on, on it website. right now. Yeah, so, so yeah, I'll go down yeah. that road. Yeah, I did also reach out to Steve Biznoff, the owner of Media Services Payroll Company. Mm. Oh yeah, and he gave me some interesting advice as well. And he's also been listening in on the AICP calls. Oh, I know. He said it's interesting to hear everybody. And then I asked him about you know traffic and stuff, and he says he's busier than he they thought they would be with all the huh. staff and post house stuff that they handle. But also, too, he's definitely seeing a random, you know, DP getting paid in Arizona because that guy's an owner operator and they're filming themselves with their kid or, you know, that kind of thing. He is seeing that kind of those kinds of jobs come in. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So it was interesting. Yeah, it was a good talk that I had with him. Yeah. So the most frustrating part of what I, you know, had today of just trying to be prepared was the feeling that I'm just, I'm dumb. Uh, and this well, is the worst because I can't get a hold of anybody to ask them. And everybody, you know, the, what, are, what we're hearing from administration is that, oh, it's all working fine. I don't know what you're... <laughs> I'm going to tell you a secret, Sister Christian. Well, A, two secrets. A, you're not dumb. Second secret, yeah. the system is designed to make you feel like you're yeah. dumb. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> I swear it's, to God. I, it's true. If it is not designed on purpose that way i don't know what i mean i know and i know i'm not i mean i know yeah i'm not dumb i have the feeling that i'm dumb or have Mm -hmm. the feeling that i'm being duped is like the worst thing for me because i used to get so angry and then i you know then come the anger tears Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I can think about it a little bit more and reach out to people and stuff. So I'm kind of in that post, you know, like anger, euphoria <laughs> right yeah. now yeah, yeah, because yeah. I don't know, uh, I don't know what to do. Bonus side is that I have, I believe I'm only waiting on a phone call from the state in order to get unemployment. Oh, okay, great. Maybe it things, is... or maybe the bottleneck is starting to widen out a little bit. It is a day. It is a day. It is a day. Um, it's uh, 9.30 in the morning, and I'm, I'm having an IPA. Nice. I've, uh, beer. I feel like if I started mm. now, that it would have just been like an all night, which is what it continued. Yeah. So I'm trying to abstain for as long as possible. You also sent me a text this morning about mm, the... Some language. IRS. <laughs> the IRS payments and yes. the new wording on the website. Yes. Yeah, it's, mm. it's interesting. Delicious. It, and again, that goes proves my point. They're trying to make you feel dumb. As I've tried to check myself and tried to check Sasha, they're saying status not available. And it's like, well, what does that mean? They list the four things. Like, why isn't my status available? I've paid my taxes and I definitely, they have my routing numbers because, you know, I pay them. Yeah, Yeah. I pay them. We have no idea when or how that $1,200 drop in the bucket shit's going to come either. So, yes, I sent that to you, but I love mm, my favorite line in this link was, well, there are several. Okay. Like it starts off with the get my payment site is operating smoothly and effectively. I know. That wording is sounds so familiar. It does. Mm. Huh. Mm. And then huh. it says mm, at the end of the paragraph, it says media reports saying the tool crashed are inaccurate. <laughs> yeah. Why do I need that information? You're, you're the IRS. Year. 
What was the most amazing quote? And I think it was straight out of 1984. What you're seeing and reading and being told is not real. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> That's always it a was, great quote. I yeah. swear to God, it's out of 1984, it's but it just... was literally said by yes. some people in our administration. Yes. It, um, uh, and I, again, we talk about this quite a bit, but, you know, I have the privilege of being able to stay home because there are other people out there who have to work more than I do right now. And they're out there risking themselves and their health in order to allow me to stay home. Right. I can't imagine the frustration that they might feel when they're trying Mm -hmm. to see where their fucking stimulus, because every time you click on something, it, it never goes to anywhere. It just goes to an information page. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, that's how I'm feeling today, Lawrence. <laughs> I think there are a lot of people, including myself, in the same boat. So, uh, well, listen, we're looking for sponsors, everybody. So, oh, if yeah. anybody knows somebody over at Coors Light, or maybe uh, I know, you know, I've always the heard the town podcast. of Joshua Tree. Yeah, <laughs> I've always Chamber heard people talk about, oh, we need Patreon money to keep our podcast oh. going. And I never realized, oh, it is actually really expensive. To do I know. Turns out. It, it turns out. Mm. Turns out. <laughs> you know, it's expensive unless you put in 12 plus hours of labor every single day. And that's yeah. not an exaggeration. No. So, no. yeah. That was, yeah, that was my first three days of this podcast. I know. Um, <laughs> thanks, Rob. Thanks, Rob. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, I have one quick thing and then we got to get to our interview. So, okay. And this is something I know maybe, I don't know if you've even seen this. I thought the slide, but a couple of days ago. Mayor Garcetti does a daily press conference at 5.15 Pacific time. A couple days ago, he had Sean Penn with him. Oh, really? Yeah, because Sean Penn has a company called CORE, Community Organized Relief Effort. Right. And he's always kind of been on the forefront of philanthropic initiatives. So he's taken CORE with his partner, Ann Lee, and they are responding to the coronavirus pandemic by leaning really hard into administering thousands of COVID-19 tests. Oh, really? Yes, focusing specifically on economically disadvantaged Angelinos who might not otherwise have a way to find out if they've been infected. Sean Penn and Ann Lee have created a template, which could be spread wide and used nationally for testing. The work they're doing is amazing. They have this website. People can help donate or contribute to it. It's core response.org COVID-19. And there's a really nice big interview with Sean Penn in an article on Deadline that I think maybe came out today. I'm not sure when it came out. And it talks about that in great detail and a big piece of missing information. He really explains the details of testing and why you're seeing there are some tests out there, but people are saying they're not really valid or real. Mm -hmm. He kind of explains it all in this article on Deadline. And it, it's a great organization, and they're doing some good. So I, that was a little bit of positive information I thought I'd share today. I love it. I'm definitely going to watch that interview when we are done here today. Because yes. I need a little bit of, you know, grounding, let's call it. <laughs> so, Lawrence, do you remember we interviewed Liz Catullo? Yes. Uh-huh. Who 
has her own nonprofit that helps seniors, right? So Lipstick yes. Connection. Yes. So she's put out a little a little emailer to about 20 of us looking for people in LA to help out. She's found a food service company that will deliver a large package to several senior housing buildings, but they need volunteers to separate the smaller packages out and deliver to each individual apartment. It'd be a weekday thing and stuff. It felt like it's so local and we've been talking about doing local things. This is something that you can do if if you happen to be in the area and you have a car and you want to get out and you want to volunteer and help, reach out to her and I th- will put her information again in the show notes. Great. That's excellent. Yeah. It makes me think of Homestate. Homestate, I talk about them a lot because they're one of yes. my favorite neighborhood places, right? Mm-hmm. The owner, Brianna, she posted an Instagram, you know, IGTV story mm-hmm. coming out and saying, hey, I'm the owner. I need to talk to everybody about something that's really important. We were fortunate enough to get our PPP loan. However, I need to let everyone know that there are some really unreasonable stipulations that came with the money. They have to use that money within the next eight weeks for it to be considered a grant and forgiven. After eight weeks, it becomes debt and owed with interest. Now, think about this. We don't know the future. We don't know when we're going to be able to reopen our dining room. And most restaurants, she didn't say this, but most restaurants right now are running at cost because they don't have the volume that they had. Right. They're only just doing takeout and delivery. So Mm -hmm. they're running at cost. I don't know home state situation, so I'm not putting words in her mouth. But she said, if we don't open our restaurant for another month or six weeks or even eight weeks, once we open, I'm supposed to rehire all my staff switch around our whole product supply chain and change everything. And I got eight weeks to spend this money. Otherwise, it becomes a debt and I have to pay it all back. Plus the rent on the spaces she has to pay back in three months. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. they put out a petition and I'll put this petition in the show notes that says these terms need to be changed. What they're asking for, for all restaurants, and this isn't about home state. She's doing this play for all restaurants. She's saying that we need, from the day that we're able to open our dining rooms, we need three months Yeah, to get back up to speed. I mean, that's just common sense. And it's going to vary from county to county. Mm -hmm. And the county's going to decide this county restaurant dining rooms can open. Mm -hmm. From then, the clock starts three months to spend that money. Or if you don't spend it during that time, then it becomes debt. And that's fair. Otherwise, it's ludicrous. It's just common sense because if you have any <laughs> idea of how a business is run. On our Take Action page, we have all those essentials that we've had on there for a while. If mm-hmm. you need any resources, if you have time to donate blood or computers or sign petitions, everything's on there. Christian, I have one thing to add to it. Ooh. I think I forwarded you the email <laughs> from Healthy LA. Yeah, I saw that. Yeah, through the Action Network. Talking about Mayor Garcetti, uh, his State of the City address, which was a regularly scheduled address to the city, he came out in favor of federal action to suspend rent and mortgage payments in the city of Los Angeles. So Mm -hmm. now his stance, whether true or not, that he does not have the authority to make these payments go away. Right. Cities, counties don't have that authority. Now, this organization, Healthy LA and Action Network, have put together a little take action list. I've already put it on our take action website at the very bottom. There's three action stuff you can do. That's on our website, producershappyhour.com, take action page. 
It's very necessary. We talk about it all the time and unemployment hasn't started. Nobody's working right now. <laughs> it's just compiling on itself. Yeah. We should start to include the 1099 folks, right? Oh, yeah, because that started, um, well, the POA, no, I don't think it starts until April 28th. Oh, I thought check. you could apply for it starting last well, week. Well, yes, you can apply. They're going to deny you. But that is just to get you into the system. Right. And then I think it's April 26th or 28th that the PUA, the Pandemic Unemployment Assistance Program, kicks in. So apply now, get denied, hang on Mm -hmm. tight. That just gets you into the system until they build this new system to handle the PUA program, which starts later this month, 26th or 28th or something. We'll look it up and let you know. Get in the system. That's all I can say. But keep trying. Keep trying. Don't give up. (laughs) All right. Should we uh, get on with our interview? I think we should. Yes. Ari's going to shed some wonderful energy light on our down (laughs) conversation today. (laughs) He's got a lot of positive energy and a lot of practices for you all to try and help get you through the stress of of everything we just laid upon you. So Ari Krishner is the founder and managing partner of Missing Pieces. Since 2005, he has been seeking to shed light on people, projects, and ideas that matter to him. He consistently pushes the boundaries of what's possible in storytelling, most recently through radical, never-been-done-before projects in emerging technologies and immersive experiences. Ari has collaborated with some of the world's leading artists, brands, and organizations. He has been featured on the Creativity 50 and sits on the board of advisors for the future of storytelling. And his company, Missing Pieces, has catapulted to the ad age production company A-List. And it just came out today. And they're on the list again. Once the pandemic hit, he had the desire to put his creative gifts to good use and began reaching out to a few friends, collaborators, and interesting people with questions about this timely and timeless moment we are all in. From these conversations, he created a video series called Together. Let's take a listen. Ari, thank you so much for joining us today. We really appreciate you taking the time. Happy to be here. How can I help? Well, first, we'd like to check in to see how you're doing, how your family's doing. Are you in L.A.? Yeah, I'm in the Palisades in L.A. On the personal front, I think it's been pretty good, you know, spending more time with Luna, my three and a half year old. Mm -hmm. And it's fun to spend time with a three and a half year old because the more time you spend, the more present and playful you become. To spend more time with her at this age has been a real gift Mm -hmm. amongst the uncertainty, chaos, and on the business. Of course, there's a lot of challenges, but I feel like last week was the first week that I felt like, oh, it's going to be, it's going to be okay. We're going to make it. (laughs) (laughs) Just like a lot of, well, I mean, today the the A-list news is good. The production company A-list and winning a number of jobs and doing virtual remote virtual production and you know, we never fully depended just on live action production and experiential. So these other immersive ways of doing things have, have now become more and more relevant. And yeah, I just feel like we are one of the production companies that are well positioned to adapt and make it through. Yeah, you know, for sure. We've always had that bent towards new waveness and, and thinking mm-hmm. ahead and being nimble and being resilient and being adaptable. Mm-hmm. And that all works in our favor now. But um I feel pretty good and pretty balanced. Like everyone, I think there's moments of anxiety and there's moments of despair. And I have tools and frameworks that I use for that, Mm -hmm. that I'm happy to share if that's interesting. But um, I'd say overall, I think I've been in a good headspace and a good mindset. That's good. I think Chris and I have had our ups and downs and they're all documented (laughs) here in this podcast. (laughs) 
it's good. It's good to document it. It kind of is. I think I'm looking forward to looking back in a few years on, on it. But uh, yeah, we're all having our own ups and downs day by day, week by week. Mm-hmm. But I want to back up a little and find out what, what were you doing? What was your mindset before the pandemic really became in the forefront of your mind? What were you working on or what was your daily life like? You know, I think like everyone, I was focused on you know, things that matter to me. And in a general sense, I think I was in a good headspace. And then I started to slowly feel like, oh, this is going to be different. This is going to be bigger. And I think there was a pretty clear warning on one of these um, called Game B groups on Facebook that this was going to be serious, like late February. And it was already like, if you don't have your masks and your food, you know, get it now. And that was the first time that I remember feeling like, oh, this might be different and these weren't preppers but these these were people who had studied like complexity science and they had really interesting backgrounds that applied to this and they could just see how bad the US was responding and how mm-hmm. that wave was already happening in Europe so it was only going to be 10 times worse here which it is now yeah yeah absolutely I was working at your company, Missing Pieces, the week before everything kind of shut down and you guys already had hand sanitizer out and people were cleaning things actively. And I knew going into that week that things were starting to get serious. I was kind of comforted to have a little bit of work bidding a project with you guys and seeing the cleanliness and all that kind of being taken care of. But then it was things happened really fast that week. Yeah. And that's when, you know, we all started working from home and things started to shut down. Yeah, I could feel the the level of denial in the industry and even within yeah. some, of, some of my, some of the yeah. people in the company, like you could just right. feel the, like, as you kind of understood the severity of the situation and early on that week, I remember just making the plan to make sure that I had my setup at home. And like, I knew it was mm-hmm. over at that point as far as like the sanitizer, it wasn't going to be enough. There's no sanitizer that could Mm-mm. help with this. Yeah. So did you have projects in the works that had to oh, be yeah. canceled or oh, postponed? Yeah. I'm sure you had a lot. Yeah. Yeah. There was a lot of stuff that got indefinitely postponed, which I think is code for never coming back. And right. You've got a short video series now called Together, right? There are two episodes. So first is questions. Second is initiation, right? Yeah. Those were very emotional for me to watch, I know. Uh, <laughs> there there are several instances where I, I got goosebumps or um, could feel it deep inside. And how did that project come together for you? The first kernel of the idea came late one night as I was trying to fall asleep. This was early on. It might have even been that week or when I had just started working from home where I thought, oh, I'm going to make something now. I can't like, I can't really hide behind the company anymore. I have to step into that place of purpose and kind of, you know, what is a creative gift that I can offer the world right now is kind of where my frame you know was that because i thought like oh the projects are just going to go away for a while most projects and you know i have great business partners also so we based on our skill set we kind of divide and manage different things so i could just feel there's going to be space to create editing is where i I find uh, a lot of my creative flow and i've done less and less of, of it in the last decade because i've been busy with the company but it's still a very special place for me and so all this came together during the course of this night, a way to help would be to convey some of these very deep ideas in really succinct ways. It felt like 
the thing to do was to start with questions, like really what are good questions to be asking ourselves right now? Because the right kind of question, even if it's unanswered, Mm-hmm. can be quite a profound opening. So that's how it started. It it worked, you know, the combination of like a small ask, a really interesting group of people, and then start with questions and go from there. And so the questions led to episode one, which is all about questions. And now episode two was, I just started to pull what was most important, what I felt was the most relevant thing that everyone said. Michael Mead, who's a mythologist that I mm-hmm. follow and then met, and he was the one that framed it as a collective rite of passage. And I thought, oh, that's a really interesting idea mm-hmm. to think of this as a rite of passage. And the first step of a rite of passage is initiation. And the parallels are pretty clear. I mean, you're removed yeah. from your place of safety. You're put in another space and place. And mm-hmm. a part of you has to be let go. And we had these in the culture up until recently. I mean, I did bar mitzvah, but mm-hmm. I didn't feel like a man the next day, right. you know? Right. And now I have all these different themes that I'm working on. And, and I think the third episode might be on death, <laughs> mortality, <laughs> just because okay. it, yes. it came up so much, you know, it came it, up so yeah. much. The virus makes us face mortality, mortality, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. we're a death denial culture. We yes. really oh, are 100%. at the mainstream level, right? Yeah. 100%. Yeah. We talk yeah. a lot on this show about, you know, the nuts and bolts of production and, and mm-hmm. the future production and experiential, which I do a lot of. And but I think the thing that really keeps me up at night are these bigger questions. And it's a lot of the topics that are being talked about in your series. You know, how do we move forward as a society? What lessons are we going to learn from this? And what is real and what is important to us? And I think those are the more important questions that, yeah, you know, I don't know if they'll ever be answered. But for people to be discussing before it's kind of going back to business as usual. Well, yeah. And and I argue, I think there's a whole episode on why we don't want to go back to business as usual. Because right. exactly. what we thought yeah. was normal was just normalized madness, insanity. Mm-hmm. Right. And we actually can't. We just got I used mean, to we it. We actually can't go back to normal. Eventually, we can. I mean, this is you could think of this as a dress rehearsal for a lot of the worst shit that's, that could come if we don't course correct. So that's one right. exactly. way to frame it. As much as I love talking and thinking about the industry, there is no industry if, you know, if like the exactly. deeper thing before you show up to, you know, work doesn't get sorted, then there is no, there's not, it's not that interesting or relevant to me, even though it is. With the series, I'm going for a lot of what I think are the source things, but I'm also just, again, I'm condensing and creating almost like a th- synthesis. So mm-hmm. like a, like an initiation onto itself so that people can then go and explore deeper stuff so that you can kind of like link in and then take a deeper dive if you really want to. And I certainly think a lot about what, you know, experiential in particular, I feel like is going to take a really long time to yeah. fully come back. I think production, we're starting to see some opportunity with not just virtual production, but some of the countries that have done a good job reopening and remote right. shoot from here to South Korea and things like that are happening right now, actually. I know of a few big productions that are being executed like that. So that feels more realistic and hopeful. I think the experiential, as we knew it, will take two years probably till it's right. yeah. starting to feel like, oh, yeah, we, we can do these kinds of projects where we bring a lot of people together and all this stuff. Right. You know? What is the most important thing that you need to see get fixed before it's just kind of business again yeah yeah yeah, how, yeah. How, what how, is where do you where does one start exactly anyone who tells you where to start 
is you should be very suspicious <laughs> <laughs> of their intentions, right. you know, suspicions. probably starting a cult or something. But right. um, <laughs> you could say that I like Charles Einstein's framing. That's why I had him on the thing. He has mm-hmm. this whole thing about where it's again with the initiation stuff. It's like we're in between stories, you know, and the, the story yeah, right. that's dominated our time, which is a very unusual time. It's like borrowed time. It's oddly today, oil is trading yeah. at negative. So it's like the end of negative 37, epoch, I think. Yeah, the end of an epoch or, or an era, hopefully. Right. Mm-hmm. But we found this thing in the ground that enabled this whole thing to happen, this whole civilization, mm-hmm. modern civilization thing to happen. It's like gooey dinosaur bones fueled, <laughs> you know, millions of years of gooey yeah. dinosaur bones fueled this uh-huh. whole crazy run but the run is right. coming to its end in some way shape or form or has to it has, has to has to be rethought so the first place to start is that we are in between stories that it mm-hmm. is a liminal space that the story of separation this idea that we're all separate and competing for resources and we're separate from nature we're separate from ourselves we're separate from everything everything is separation the modern story is separation domination and control Right. Right. Those are the three things that were really present in the in the current way we do civilization or we do business or we do everything and that we're moving to a new story. And the story that we should aim at, you could say, is he calls it the story of interbeing, which is a Thich Nhat Hanh term, which is being connected to all living beings, visible and visible. This is where it's like game A to game B, you could say. Mm -hmm. And what are the opposite of control, domination and separation? Well. You know, togetherness, cooperation, pro-social. There's this term pro-social. There's a book out there called Pro-Social, which is all about, you know, a new way of doing, a new way of being and Mm -hmm. doing in the world that is collaborative. I mean, like Burning Man has some of these like radical inclusiveness Mm -hmm. and radical collaboration and their tenants are sort of pulling from the same well. So Mm -hmm. the most important thing is to be okay with that, that we're in a transition Whatever your sacred cows are, you have to be okay, Mm -hmm. willing to let them go. It's like kill your sacred cows, that famous saying, you know, which is a little gruesome, but there's truth there, which is like, Mm -hmm. what are you willing to let go of? And then how can I be of service? The the, like opposite of how can I extract? How can I make money? How can I tribally just keep it all for me and myself? The opposite of that would be how can I show up in the world and how can I be of service? How can I help? How can I give? That's a good place to start. From that, a lot can blossom. The way everything is set up is to play game A, or the story of separation, control, and domination, which is ultimately a self-terminating game because you can't have infinite growth on a finite planet, which is what that guy Jim Rutt talks about in the episode. It's like 100 years means nothing to finance, therefore it means nothing to politics, therefore it means nothing to the economic system. But we know that the next hundred years are key. It's like a bottleneck to get through. Like if you're worried about the next quarter as a business, mm-hmm. you're not worried about the next century. But you should right. be worried about the next right. century because who the fuck is going to buy these products if there's nothing to? There's if money doesn't <laughs> right. mean it's, anything. It's yeah. the balance of both, right? Yeah. Do you have any? This is a tough one too. Words of advice for event production community. We don't think that um, anything's going to come back, especially like larger festivals or any of that until there's a vaccine or something to that nature, which is 
earliest fall of 2021, right? So in the meantime, we, you know, we have a whole event production community who's kind of like, what do we do now? Yeah. I mean, I've seen a couple that have pivoted. There was a team that was doing a lot of the tents and a lot of the stuff at Coachella that very quickly as that canceled rerouted into doing right. a bunch of pop-ups and things that were needed for yeah. testing and things like that. That's having that adaptability mindset and resilience of like, well, this side is not going to be a thing for the next, you know, six to 18 months. But my skill set mm-hmm. could be really used or my business or the thing that I've built, the machine that I've built to produce and to execute events. Well, guess what? There's a shortage of this or there's a need for pop up testing. Yeah, you need yeah. events, you need Didn't the people, you need that. the management, you need time. I've seen a couple of these examples pivoting the business. So there's the short, short term, there's the long term, and then there's the in-between, which is, okay, I thought I was an experiential company. I thought I was an event producer. Right now, there's no experiential or events. So what else am I? Those who are adaptive and resilient and, and really paying attention and really able to show up in a coherent way and make sense of the situation can pivot and can mm-hmm. find these new pockets that are emerging yeah. or create them. Absolutely. You know? I've been having a lot of conversations with friends and stuff about, oh, adapting to, you know, shooting commercials in a new way or trying to shoot commercials with five or 10 people. And I'm like, that's not really the, that interesting Mm-mm. to me. It's kind of a regression. <laughs> I, I'd rather create a new thing or find a new way of telling stories or communicating to audiences. I, I think that is much more interesting. And you have a really great roster of creative directors and creative experiential people. What is your advice to them, to creatives during this time? There's a lot of pressure on yeah. people to be inspired right now and create, right. but well, I think that's a, that's a dangerous trap. That's like the hustle it, trap, agreed. you know, exactly. You get out yeah. of that as soon as possible. Cause that is yeah. that the classic yeah. trap of like, well, now you can be inspired and do this. Yeah. That's another, yeah, that's another thing. You have all this time. You have all this time. Can you make something of yourself? Make something of yourself, yeah. I think the first thing is that we are a, we measure productivity and we're a productivity obsessed culture. You know, Gary Vee's the hero Mm -hmm. and every, everything is about hustle and and culture Mm -hmm. and all this shit. And it's like, no, sometimes you just have to sit. If the basics were covered, you could just sit for six months and dream up the new thing without having to stress out about rat race, you know, basic needs, money, food, shelter, water, and health. So we don't have that luxury here. Some countries have figured this out better than others. And maybe this will be a wake-up call for us to see what it's like. I mean, we put together this document early on that Mike Woods Uh led. You know, Mike Woods is our head of immersive. Mm -hmm. He's over the weekend put together this document that we circulated with a lot of agency and clients. Basically laid out in it all the ways in which we could continue to explore making stuff. Mm-hmm. Table of contents is the digital landscape and immersive experiences, AI, real-time non-physical event-based executions, AR, geofencing, mm-hmm. Reddit and Discord, story worlds and personalization, adapting traditional production for a new reality and production alternative, right? Mm-hmm. So there was, you know, eight different things that you could think about. And it was very yeah. well received coming out of the gate with a very clear document that wasn't like a, here's the roster and we're here to help. But it was like real thinking. It was very little self-promotion, only links to the three relevant projects in those Mm -hmm. categories. And some of it is totally like, look, we haven't done this before, but we know it's possible and we've studied it Mm -hmm. and we think it's a really good time to try this, you know? And of course, it was circulated internally also. So then that gave confidence to 
the team and the, and a lot of the close collaborators that there were ways of continuing on. Mm-hmm. All the live action directors have been briefed on here's what we're doing with virtual production. Here's these three projects that we're working on. So it's like everyone's up to speed on what's possible. We've seen the first wave of this UGC come and go. Mm-hmm. And now we're seeing the second wave of the more produced virtual production, yes. mm-hmm. which we're part of. Any of these projects are ripe for immersive and experiential producers and the community that you're a part of to mm-hmm. tackle. There's going to be more and more of this. The production companies that really know how to do this are, you can count them with one hand, but that's still four or five companies that should be in business and should be mm-hmm. figuring these new ways to do things. And then there's agencies doing stuff directly and brands doing stuff directly and all this yeah. kind of stuff. So it's not, it was already a wild west before this. And I expect it to be even more of a wild west now, you know? You mentioned that you have some practices yourself to kind of help you get through the, the stress of the situation. Do you have one thing you can share with either production people or artists or creators of something that they can do to help ease the, uh, the tension of this strange time? Yeah, well, I'm big. Look, I'm big into I have been on this kind of like biohacking meets neurohacking journey for the last three, mm-hmm. four years. Mm-hmm. So I have mm-hmm. a lot of things that I utilize but I think like the basics are like, are you sleeping, mm. you know, seven, eight hours a night? Water, you have a good, you know, access to clean water. You know, are you drinking enough water? And then there's, you know, food. You know, are you re- eating the right stuff? Are you deficient in, in nutrients? And 90% of people are deficient in magnesium. I do a breathing thing in the morning. Like there's yes. a good mm-hmm. method. You, you put more oxygen into the body. Then you let out. You get a high from it. You gratefulness, some kind of grateful practice, write down three things that you're grateful for, just say them. Even if you don't have a meditation practice, although I recommend like, you know, the Sam Harris app, waking up or headspace Mm. or anything that really resonates 10 minutes of that early on before you check your phone, you know, do the breathing, (laughs) do the breathing. Impossible. And then there's a thing that I like that's like 40 bucks on Amazon that's called an acupressure mat. And they're like these little points. Yeah, yeah. It's like a bed of nails but it's plastic uh-huh. instead of nails, <laughs> but it's the same idea. And you lay on this thing without a shirt at the end. Like basically this is the last thing you do. And within 10 minutes, you can't, you can't fight it anymore. 40 bucks on Amazon. Yeah, I'm getting 100%. I'm getting... Order us too, Lawrence. <laughs> These are foundational things. Like if we can't get this right, it's just, you're starting at a, it's like oil right now. You're starting in yeah, negative. Starting in negative. You're like minus, minus 37. When you start the day, you're minus 37 <laughs> right. and you just got to get to zero, then check the news after that. Yeah. Oh. And you know, if you, if you <laughs> okay. and if you if you really want to take it up a notch on the Wim Hof thing, take a cold shower. Wait, my dad used to do that at five a.m. and he would, um, you could hear him screaming through the house. <laughs> These are like guaranteed hits, you know. It's like before and after with all of these. I could talk to you for another five hours, <laughs> but um, gotta, we normally gotta, ask people. You got to spread the knowledge. You got to share the. <laughs> we do, yeah. Well. Well, we normally we've been ending the show or the interviews with what we're most looking forward to once this is over. But that's for us. We understand that that's going to be. This is the beginning, so I think we'd rather know what you're most grateful for. Mm. If you wouldn't yeah. mind sharing that with us. Yeah, that's a good question. I'm always grateful to my child and my wife and my mm-hmm. family, my immediate family, that they're healthy and alive and well, and that I get to spend another day with them. 
and I'm grateful to the business and my business partners and my team and the people that come together to to make missing pieces happen. Right now, I mean, I'm I'm actually I'm grateful that you guys are doing this. Like, you could just be oh. checked out watching really Netflix sweet. series, and <laughs> you know, because a lot of people just like can't handle it, and they just like, or they just, it's like we have a moment here to pause. Yeah. A lot of people are doing everything they can to not look inwards, to not have right. reflections, to not have deep conversations, and you guys aren't doing that, so. Today, right now, I'm grateful that you guys are doing this and that you're putting in your time and your talent and your creativity towards having these conversations that are probably going to help and inspire other friends and people from our shared communities. You guys showed up and that you're asking questions and that you're curious and that we want to continue the project. It comes from a lot of uh, like, I need help. And I, I, it's really hard to say that. Well, it's hard to say it. I mean, you know, coming up in this industry is like, no, I got this, you know, (laughs) I need help on this one. Yeah, we all need help. Nobody knows. Yeah. The most important thing is to show up, have conversations, keep the interaction going, keep exploring. The thing I'm open to this possibility is that maybe we're here for a reason. We each chose to be here. We have gifts that we've brought to the world and that we are here to rediscover that and to you know fall in love yeah. with that again. I encourage those skeptical of that worldview to just try it on. But slowly people come together and communities have come together to to reconvene and reemerge from it. Right. No, and hopefully, hopefully we don't go back to normal. Hopefully, hopefully we a, reemerge in a new yeah, and smart yeah, way. Exactly. Yeah, as as uh, Charles would say, the more beautiful world our hearts know is possible. Like that's yes. kind of where we want to aim. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, to me, that rings true. Like I want to, I want this to be the fork in the road, and that there's an opportunity for elements of that new world to emerge. And we all have a role in steering it in that direction because it could also go in a worse direction. Oh yeah, yeah. There's a there's oh, a desire easily. to make it better though out there. We're finding. Yeah, of course. Yes. Well, yeah. you know, you'll see now. People will show you who you know where they truly stand in moments of exactly. crisis. You can very yeah. quickly see who's who and what's what. Yeah, we are so honored to have you share your thoughts with us because I know you're so much more than just a production company owner. Uh, <laughs> over the over the I time, I got to know you. You're, you're fine with that. You, I didn't think I was starting. You try a that on. Company, but, yeah, I own a seven percent. You try that on, and you are that. Yeah, but that, uh, is, you, that is one of my identities. It's one of your identities, owner. but you're also a very creative mind, a very smart thinker, and your short video series Togetherness really struck a chord with me because it, I'm hearing myself and all those people talking, asking these mm-hmm. questions uh, mm-hmm. all day long. And so hearing you talk about it and seeing those videos, it's very heartwarming. So I, I look forward to seeing the next few episodes as they come. Awesome. Thank you again for spending some time with us and, of course. and chatting about Thank it. Thank you all for doing it. Well, what an emotional roller coaster! Yeah, <laughs> I have to say, oh, oh, wow. what a lovely, genuine man he is, and and I really meant that. Just, you know, I oof. I know Mazari at Missing Pieces, but when I start to get to know him, he really is a, a very intellectual guy, very spiritual guy, and a very spiritual thinker. If you haven't seen this video, we'll post links to it in the show notes. But it's really, it's really impactful. oh, it's good stuff. It's really good stuff. And, uh, you know, we talk a lot on the show about nuts and bolts of production and whether or not craft service is going to be clean. But, uh, you know, there's some <laughs> bigger fish to fry out there in the world yeah. before we go back to uh, 
doing what we do. And I, and I can also say that besides gooey dinosaur bones, which, <laughs> man, I, I've, I wrote that down. That need, yeah. That's a thing. Pop-up tents for testing. I think the people out there yeah. who are listening, who are those minds that are like, oh, shit, I can do that. Are, yeah. Yeah, hopefully they caught that and are like, okay. But then also when he said, you know, just take a minute to to find out, like, who else am I? I know I'm a producer. I know the things that I am. Taking a moment and just asking yourself who else you are. I mean, that's Mm -hmm. a big one, dude. That'll take more than a day for sure. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I think that those are the existential crises that keep me up at night. You know, it's not about how am I going to make money or how do we get back to work? It's more like, you know, what do I really want to do? And Mm. I feel like I think the stress that I'm starting to feel these days is coming out of this and getting it wrong you know i mean that's a tough one too because until that's we a, do it what's wrong <laughs> that's a whole other right? podcast i think that's but, all uh, i mean yeah that's all i know Oof. it's a challenge in being that's honest with yourself video cast. right now right? <laughs> <laughs> it is a challenge to be with yourself it is yeah only you can live with you yeah and only and, you can change barely. yourself I know. Tell me about it. <laughs> that was Thanks. amazing. It was. Thank, thank you, Ari, for joining us today. That was uh, that was a really yeah. great conversation. And uh, we'll check in with him again and see how things go with Missing Pieces. And they're on the forefront. And congratulations. I didn't get to say congratulations on getting in the adage. I said it for us before you got okay. on, by the way. Okay, great. Good. <laughs> he's, you know, he's excited. I well, know. Congratulations. Like, and I to... think that's a huge accomplishment. Absolutely. Ad Age Production Company A-List for 2020 Missing Pieces. Thank you, Ari. And um, that's it for the show. Yes. This show is edited and co-produced by Rob Bloomkey. Artwork and logo design by Christopher Daniels. And our unused but amazing music was composed (laughs) by Kyle Puccia. (laughs) Thanks, Kyle. (laughs) Yeah, thanks, Kyle. Thanks, everybody. Thanks for listening. We're back tomorrow. Until then, stay safe, stay connected stay active, and still keep staying home. Yes, it's so important. Please wash your hands. Don't touch your face. And if you do have to leave the house, please wear a mask. So important. Be sure to send us your voice recordings or emails to producershappyhour at gmail.com. Lawrence, if those folks out there want to get you, (laughs) how can they? They can get me at lawrencetlewis.com or for voiceover work, voiceoflawrence.com. Christian. How do all those people get a hold of you? They can get me at sisterchristianproduces.com. All right. Hit us up, y'all. All right. Thank you so much. And we'll see you tomorrow. Bye. Bye.